0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Esquire Q&A. Now today is a very special episode because we are, gasp, breaking our regular podcasting schedule. So why would we do that, I hear you ask? Because it's currently the Dubai Watch Week, aka the region's biggest watch shindig that brings thousands of people to the city to marvel at all things watch-related. Now, Watch Week is currently going on at Dubai's International Financial City, and we have been there pretty much every second of every day, rubbing shoulders with Watch Royalty, checking out the newest launches, and yes, talking to some very interesting men and women about some very interesting watches. And that's what brings me to today's podcast. We talked to none other than David Tedeschi, the regional director for, among other things, Latin America and the Caribbean, as well as the Middle East and Africa for watch brand Hublot. We sat down to discuss what makes the brand tick, as well as some very, very interesting new materials in watchmaking. Enjoy the show. Um, so kind of before we started, I actually did a little intro of you, but I always like to get the guests to actually introduce themselves. Yes, of So course. let's say, for example, you're at a party. No one knows who you are. You don't know who anyone is. Someone comes over to you and says, who are you? Well, what do you say? How do you introduce yourself?
1: So, uh, my name is David Tedeschi. Uh, I'm, uh, working as a regional director for Ublo for Latin America and Caribbean and Middle Eastern Africa.
0: Hmm. So how, how long have you been in, how long have you been based here in Dubai?
1: So I'm not based in Dubai. Actually ah. I'm based in Switzerland okay. uh, because I'm covering two different regions in the world. It's more convenient for me uh, to be right in the middle, let's yep. say. But, uh, um, I'm working at Ublo since 12 years already.
0: Okay. So let's go back to, I guess, how you started. Not many, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, not many kids kind of wake up one day and go, you know what I want to do? I want to work for a watch brand.
1: So uh, actually, uh, it's true and it's not true because Mm. uh, when I was like very young, uh, I used to to go with my father. He was uh, handling a jewelry and watch shop in Geneva and uh, i used to go every saturday with him uh, to to pass the day with him at work and uh, i've been always fascinated about the watches and i was i was wondering how could it work those small wheels mm. those small components and everything and i've been passionate about watches since very young age when i used to 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 go with my father at his work
0: mm. so why why a brand like hublot what, what attracts you to that sort of uh, we'll that a little bit
1: later. Well, uh, it's it's a good question. Actually, uh, I used to I used to study watchmaking at the beginning. So uh, on paper, I'm a watchmaker. Then I studied I studied, um, I studied um, uh, one additional year in watch complications, and then I graduated and studied as an engineer. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started at tublo, uh, it was. Kind of a new job description that I was studying, which was in the watch laboratory, which was a job that didn't exist before. So basically, like all the watch brands were inviting me to do an interview to hire me. And I've been uh, visiting and doing many interviews until I arrived at Hublot. Where my father and my brother already worked back in the time, but uh, that was actually not a decision for me to go work with them. But basically, on paper, uh, Hublot was the only watch brand that was giving me the opportunity to be manager since the beginning, and uh, and to develop myself inside the company uh, uh, quite fast, I would say.
0: Mm. So, kind of, for people who kind of may not be fully aware um, of the brand Hublot, how do you How would you tell someone who doesn't know anything about watches what kind of the brand stands for and what differentiates it from other brands?
1: Well, uh, actually, it's simple because it's part of the identity and the values that we want to share uh, from the brand. So uh, Hublot is completely different from the other brand. Uh, As you can notice in our marketing approach, in our products, everything is different. And that's why it makes Hublot unique, I would say. Uh, Hublot was created back in uh, 1980 by Carlo Croco and uh, was taken over by by Mr. Beaver as a CEO and Mr. Guadalupe as a general manager back in 2004. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, they wanted to to develop what was created in, in the past, which was uh, the alloy, uh, the combination between having a rubber strap with a metal case, which Hublot was the only watch brand back in the time, and they wanted to develop that concept of fusion of material mm. and to create what we call today the art of fusion. So mm. Hublot is the art of fusion in the watchmaking art. And uh, and also uh, the, the values are, of the brand are quite simple. We have three values. It's to be first, different, and unique in what we're doing.
0: Mm. So again, so brand started in 1980. So kind of the the watch world is full of these kind of brands with incredibly illustrious heritage. Uh, A lot of these kind of brands that you hear of a lot are, you know, 100 years old, some of them 200 years old. Is that kind of, was that ever a challenge with a brand like Hublot? Because again, it's not, it doesn't quite have the same sort of level as some of the more traditional kind of watch companies
1: yeah uh it 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 depends on your definition of traditional because again
0: uh i would say hublot is not very traditional but uh, exactly
1: uh at the end of the day every watch brand that are doing uh, mechanical watches uh they are even if it's not the same movement they are all using the same technology of movement uh what we're trying to do at hublot it's to to master the tradition because this tradition is not part of the history of the brand. So we are mastering the tradition that has been done in the past and uh, we are changing it. and taking it into the future and that's mm. uh, that's really what makes us different and what we're trying to do in, in everything that we achieve. For example, uh, uh, Ublos I- is a manufacturer since 2009. Mm. So uh, in 2009 uh, uh, or early 2010, we have launched our first manufacturer movement, which is the Unico movement. And back in the time uh, when we have thought about developing our first manufacturer movement, we really wanted to add something special on the movement. So what's very special about the Unico movement, it's that it's the first movement to have the chronograph mechanism on the dial side. Mm. And for us, it was a plus because uh, when when you look at the dial, and especially on the Unico movement, we have done only transparent dials so you can see the mechanism. Mm. So uh, that was really the idea to to bring something that... Any other watch brand didn't have, mm. so uh, that's kind of the things that we're doing to to stand out and to be mm. different from the other watch brands.
0: So, for kind of those outside of the the, the watch world, why is it so important for a brand to, to develop their own movement and produce their own movement?
1: Well, uh, first of all, because uh, f- first of all, because. You can count on yourself today, but uh, you you never know what's gonna be the future. So mm. if you are working with a movement supplier and suddenly one day they stop supplying you, then uh, you have no more watches. Mm. So uh, that's one one of the points. But I believe that the the most important point it's that to own and to have inside the same building all the different craft- craftmanships that allows you to create a watch and to and to to elaborate your own products from the beginning until the end which is which is very important actually we are not only manufacturing our own movement today we are also manufacturing our own cases mm. and and almost all the production is inside the, the two buildings that we have here uh, in in Nyon in Switzerland mm. so uh, so this is especially the point that is the most important, I would say.
0: So I guess kind of, I always like to ask this question um, about kind of where new ideas and new kind of concepts come from. Is it, say, someone in engineering goes, hey, I found this new thing that we can make a watch out of, or is it... The designer says, wouldn't it be cool if we could have something that looks like this? And then the engineers kind of take over. W- which comes kind of first?
1: So it comes from both, actually. Uh, I would say uh, at, uh, we have two manufacturer building uh, uh, in Nyon. We have what we call H1 and H2. In H1, which is the first building that was created uh, back in 2009, uh, the f- the ground floor of this building is only dedicated to research and development. Mm. So we have uh, approximately a thousand five hundred square meters that is dedicated to research and and, and development, and this uh, this entire department is like completely working on their own and not connected to the other department of the manufacturer. So they are not connected to the production. They are not connected to the assembly line. They are like based on their own IDs and they have like Pretty crazy ideas. <laughs> uh, they are they are developing their own things, mm. and then if one ID pops out, and like uh, uh, we choose during the product committee to to go for this ID, then uh, they are collaborating with all the other uh, department in enabling us to launch a, a, a prototype series mm. to test the watches to be sure that there will be absolutely no issue, and then uh, to uh, to to launch a product to present the the product during Mm -hmm. one of those exhibitions and then uh, to launch the production. So this is approximately the way it's working. But I cannot say that the engineer or the designer has the idea first. Like It's still Mm -hmm. a teamwork, I would say.
0: So how long does that process generally take? Or does, does it vary from kind of watch to watch?
1: Well, uh, just to give you an idea, the Unico movement, which was our, our first manufacturer movement that we built from scratch, mm. took us uh, approximately 18 months, which I believe it's a record. Uh, yeah. When when I can hear from colleague, colleagues or, or, or uh, former colleagues mm. that are working in other brands, uh, not to name any brand, sometimes it can take five to 10 years yeah. development. So uh, so it it's really depending on the on the brand and you blow uh, on all level not only on the creation is is really proactive so that's uh, why uh, that's what we are trying to do
0: mm. so kind of we're here now um at Dubai Watch Week which is kind of the region's biggest kind of watch event um what does Dubai Watch Week mean to to you and to a brand like Hublot well
1: uh it's a public exhibition so it's an exhibition that is that is open to the public which is really good because uh, by having a booth and represent our brand during dubai watch week it allows us to to transmit what we are doing to to everyone uh, if not everyone already passed through uh, our retail network and boutique network uh, here uh, in Dubai, mm. but uh, uh, it's also to support Dubai culture because I believe that it's it's really important and and Dubai is one of the of the first places in terms of wedge industry in the world uh, today. So so this is very important for us to participate to such event and and to and to be here to to show as well what mm. we are doing.
0: So c- kind of the. I guess the UAE or maybe Dubai as a kind of a, a region, how important is that to, to a brand like Hublot? So uh,
1: it's, one of, uh, it was, it's one of the most Im- important uh, countries that we have uh, in, uh, in our portfolio as of today, uh, knowing that uh, Dubai Mall Boutique, since we opened this boutique back in 2015, is our most performing and first boutique in the world. Oh, wow. We we just renovated the boutique uh, two weeks and a half ago, mm-hmm. so so we are very proud. Uh, we have also a, a, an excellent performing boutique in Mall of the Emirates mm-hmm. that is uh, renovated and opens today. Opens today. So well, congratulations. S- thank you. But. Uh, on top of those two boutiques plus another boutique that uh, we're changing location for next year in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. We are also in the wholesale distribution network on, of our partner, Ahmad Sadiqi mm-hmm. and Sons. And uh, and this is making a difference as well by having point of sales in the, in the topest hotel in uh, in Dubai or in Abu Dhabi by having displays, allowing us to sell watches also on the wholesale side. Mm.
0: So kind of, I say Hublot has always been a brand that has really kind of leaned into kind of collaborations. Mm-hmm. One, why is that? Because a lot of people might say, well, if you collaborate with too many people, your actual, I guess, kind of what the brand means can change, can get muddy, can get confusing. So why do you guys kind of lean into it and enjoy doing it so much? Well,
1: uh, at the beginning, Hublot uh, was well known uh, to enter into the football. Uh, Football uh, is a sport that uh, Mr. Beaver and Mr. Guadalupe really believed at the beginning because uh, there were no uh, major luxury brands that were sponsoring any team or anything inside football. We were the first to to enter inside that segment because we strongly believed in the potential of that sport and uh talking about uh, the collaboration and limited edition that we're doing uh this collaboration limited edition represent approximately a little bit less, or approximately fifteen percent of the watches that we are producing per per year, yeah. which is not that big at the end. But uh, uh, mainly, our partnership, uh, like our two main pillars, would say it's football with uh, FIFA and UEFA, and uh, the clubs that we are that mm. we are sponsoring. And uh, the um, the second main pillar is Ferrari, uh, which uh, we have been partner with Ferrari since two thousand and eleven. And uh, these are our two main pillars in terms of communication, mm-hmm. and as well, I would say, uh, in terms of uh, limited ed- edition. Uh, before you were talking about uh, the classic Fusion Orlinsky Red Ceramic, yeah. of course, we have also this type of limited edition, like uh, like the Orlinski Classic Fusion Edition. But we have also the Big Bang Semble Edition yeah. that is made with a with a tattoo artist uh, called Maxim Um Again, this, I believe, is a big strength for us and for the brand because uh, those watches are completely different from the other watches that we have in the collection. And again, uh, people, when... They buy something they like to buy something that is different, so uh, that's that's really one of our strengths now I cannot say that uh, we' are going in too many directions because still our our marketing communication strategy is focused on 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 axis that we are not going all around and taking all the sponsorship that we can it's not uh, it's not the the idea the idea is to 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 really develop the brand with uh, sponsorship or companies that are matching the value of our brand, and for us, that's what's the most important. We're mm. not going to do any limited edition in partnership with a person of or with a brand that is not sharing the same yeah. values. That well, I was us. gonna say.
0: So, when you choose to do limited edition with a particular person, what sort of person are you looking at? Like, who, who kind of makes the cut and who doesn't?
1: Uh, actually, it's our CEO, Mr. Guadalupe, which is uh, which is choosing at the beginning, but. Um, also, I wanted to add something uh, related to, to your other question. Uh, people these days, and, and I believe especially these days, and that's why maybe we are a little bit leader in terms of doing some limited editions with uh, with here and there. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, I believe that, I and we strongly believe that... Uh, uh, people like to have something limited because Mm -hmm. they know that not everyone is going to wear the same watch. So when you are doing a a limited edition of 20 pieces, 50 pieces, 100, or even 250, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, there will be only 250 people wearing the same watch in the world, which... Uh, decrease your chances to see it on another wrist, uh, mm-hmm. which is cool. Uh, we're not doing any limited edition of 500, five hundred, five thousand, or, or mm-hmm. ten thousand pieces, so we we like to keep it exclusive. Mm.
0: So maybe kind of maybe not necessarily the the individual limited editions, but maybe the kind of the bigger brands, like you said, kind of Ferrari. Uh, obviously, you produce some kind of uh, some quite wild. Ferrari kind of special editions, um a lot of sapphire cases, mm-hmm. um, a lot of kind of carbon fiber. How does that collaboration work? is it, it do you kind of present them a watch and go cool? you can choose the colors or No,
1: actually, it's not not working like this with them. Uh, The the collaboration that we have with with Ferrari is really a 360 degrees collaboration, which is very important for them and very important for us in the same time. So uh, we are doing product meetings, discussing the ideas, what could be done, what can be done next year mm-hmm. in term of this, in term of that. And also uh, we have decided since uh, the take frame, uh, that is uh, the piece that we launched to celebrate the 70th anniversary of Ferrari two years ago in 2017, uh, we decided to give them the white card to design the case of the watch, okay, wow, yeah. which I believe uh, were the first one to do that in the watch industry. Mm-hmm. And that was a really uh, different and interesting approach because The case of the watch was designed by a car's designer. So they don't have the; they are not using the same codes than uh, watchmakers, and mm-hmm. it gives really a product that that uh, had a huge success and that is completely different mm-hmm. from what has been done before. And that's also really what we are trying to push and to achieve with Ferrari. Uh, I'm sure you have seen the the collection we have launched last year, which is the Classic Fusion Ferrari mm-hmm. GT, uh, which we have also a lot of, of success on on this particular models. So that's that's really what we are trying to do with them. It's it's a collaboration. We are not going. Uh, To them saying like, hey, we've done this, done that, please approve it and then we're launching it. Mm. Uh, It's not working like this.
0: So kind of within, uh, obviously for those who don't know, Hublot is kind of part of uh, LVMH's group of a portfolio of watches, um, which kind of off the top of my head has also got Tag Heuer and also Zenith. How much do the brands work with each other, if at all? Is there any collaboration? Is there any talk? Is there any kind of we're going to do this? You may not. You should not do that.
1: So um, I wouldn't say there is no uh, no collaboration. Just to give you an example, in uh, January twenty twenty one, we are doing our own group watch group division, mm. the, the watch division of the, the group is doing his own watch exhibition in Dubai uh, we decided to do that uh, first of all because SIHH and Basel World has been postponed mm. to end of April beginning yeah. of May following each other and uh, for us it was really important to present uh, a part of our collection beginning of the year allowing us to to launch the first novelties of the year uh, from February until April I would yeah. say and then uh, to launch straight after Basel the rest of the collection so uh, we we strongly believed in that uh, regarding collect- collaboration between brands and products there is no such collaboration mm-hmm. but to give you an idea uh, one of our product line is the Spirit of Big Bang mm-hmm. and the Spirit of Big Bang is kind of a group watch because because uh the movement that uh, that we are using uh, are Zenith movement inside okay, the spirit yeah. of Big Bang so uh, on the chronograph we are using the El Primero movement mm-hmm. and on the moon phase movement or the the simplest movement we use on the on the 39 millimeter for women mm. uh, it's elite movement so mm. uh, so this is the kind of collaboration that appears in the group
0: mm. and so kind of I guess one of the other things that kind of Hublot is is kind of well known for is, again, your materials. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, most recently, it's kind of been growing entire kind of cases out of sapphire. Is there any sort of like, I mean, I don't know how much you can say, but can you let us know kind of where you might be going next? I talked to Jean-Claude Bivet once. He told me you're trying to create a see-through metal. Oh, I'm guessing that's not yet. Uh, Yet
1: done. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, even, I'm not even aware of it, but, uh, <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Mr. Beaver has incredible ideas, uh, back in 2005, 2006, uh, one day uh, he woke up and he, he told to the product committee, I want unscratchable gold, just make it. <laughs> and, uh, back in 2010, we have done our first, uh, uh, press presentation of this material that was not used on a watch back in the time and uh, in 2011 to, to celebrate the, the launch of our partnership with Ferrari we decided to use this material on the mm. first Ferrari edition that we will ever produce which was the, the Big Bang Ferrari in Magic Gold mm. so we decided to call that material Magic Gold. Uh, actually there is absolutely no limit in mm. the, 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 the mastering and creation of material and uh, It's who has the craziest idea and can achieve (laughs) it uh, that that is winning at the end of the day. So uh, that's exactly what we're trying to do. For example, uh, uh, we have launched uh, a month ago during the CR1 uh, big watch exhibition that is happening in Mexico. Uh, We have launched a a new material that has been never used in the watch industry before that uh, we called Saxem. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, It's kind of a sapphire without totally being a sapphire because like, we're taking basically the recipe of the sapphire and we're adding very rare earth material inside and it's allowing us to have a material that is as strong as sapphire, even more translucent than sapphire and to have the green color that no one can achieve in sapphire. So... So there is absolutely no limit. We 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 actually like uh, to work in our research and development to create like uh, crazy and innovative materials that we can use on our watches.
0: Mm. Right, cool. So then, kind of, the, I guess the last question because we're here at Dubai Watch Week. Um, what are you excited? What are you most excited about about this year's kind of show?
1: Uh, the limited edition that we're going to launch uh, for Dubai Market tomorrow.
0: Okay, so this podcast will already be out. And so what we're going to do is we will link in the summary exactly what that watch is because they're not telling me. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much. And enjoy Watch Week. Thank you very much. You too. And that's been another episode of the Esquire Q&A podcast. I do hope you enjoyed the special edition. And if you did, be sure to let us know by reviewing the podcast. Oh, and if you want to know anything more about Dubai Watch Week, be sure to hit up EsquireMe.com for live updates from the show. We'll be back on Tuesday for our regularly scheduled podcast. Bye-bye.